Hi, this is Matthew Kilmurray, and you are listening to The Curious Wire. I say this often, but I am excited for this conversation. I want to dive into the state of marketing in multifamily and, and hear your perspective. What's going on and why is it important for people to understand what's going on and, and what's, I guess, to look out for in 2024? Thanks so much, man. Hey, everyone. My name is Matthew Kilmer. I'm the CEO of apartmentgeofensive.com, and I've been in multifamily marketing for uh, 20 years now. So I uh, started in digital marketing in, in the early 2000s. I've been on the agency side, um, focused primarily within digital marketing, but then also client side. So I was the VP of digital at uh, Bazudo and then Avalon Bay. Um, and then I've had this uh, company, we launched this product in 2019. So I've, I've seen multifamily marketing from kind of both sides of the streets, uh, really getting an understanding what the, the tech and the platforms are capable of, but also then when I was, you know, kind of working in the house, what, you know, the asset managers really needed to see and the ops team and ownership. And you have all of these people with, with different, um, different needs and what they're looking for in their uh, in their marketing and their mar- marketing partners and stuff like that. And uh, marketing and multifamily has shifted more in the last couple of years than I've seen it, you know, over the last 20, 20 years. The, the, so just to just so you're 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 establishing that you know you have a lot of experience, and I would actually say you have on three sides of the street. If there are three sides, you work for a third party management company, Bizzuto, which is based in Maryland, but what are they? They're like at 80,000 units, not a small company. Um, Avalon Bay, which is a public company and an owner-operator. And now you have your own company, which is a supplier for these companies. So you've been on third-party management side, an owner-operator side, and now a supplier side. Yes. Okay. Sorry. And and uh, there, is a, there is a big difference between uh, on the marketing side of things from um, third-party to owner-operated and not as uh, um, smooth as you might think it is. I'll get, I'll get to that in a minute. I, I thought going from third party to owner operated that it would just be smooth sailing. Uh, but there are, there are reasons why owner operated in some ways can be more effective at marketing. Um, and I'll get into that. But just from an overall standpoint from the industry, uh, there's been, you know, um, Competition is really fierce in in search. That's the bottom of the funnel. That's that is the the bread and butter for multifamily because of fair housing. Uh, we cannot target people the way every other industry targets people. Right. So if you if you were to talk to any agency for any other industry, um, you know uh, their demographics, their household income, their age, their kind of all of those things. They all get used to make sure that your marketing dollars aren't wasted. Um, but we, we can't do that in, in multifamily. And so we've always been relegated to kind of that bottom of funnel. So back in the day, it was the people at the grocery store picking up the book with all of the listings. Um, and then it essentially shifted from that to Google uh, and the search engines. And so I'm raising my hand, one bedroom apartment, pet friendly, fifteen hundred a month or whatever. Um, good luck finding fifteen hundred dollar a month one bedroom apartment. Uh, and you know, but it is uh, it's very crowded. Um, the ILSs have really taken up that space. 
Um, and now there's been a lot of consolidation with the ILSs. And so it's, it's become very difficult for a multifamily um, marketing uh, or a multifamily company in their marketing departments with their portfolio to, to find ways to drive uh, you know, quality traffic uh, get leads in the door and, and sign leases. Um, and so over the years, we've become more and more beholden to kind of like the, you know, the, the multifamily cartel, which is the ILSs, you know, where they control all the shots. They own the, they own the space in Google and they, they get all the traffic. Uh, and then they are, you're charging higher and higher premiums for us to have our, our listings there. And yet our listings within the ILS is our cookie cutter. Uh, they all have the same number of images, the same text fields. And so we spend all of this time and money developing our property brands, the websites, uh, the tech behind the websites and kind of all that stuff. And yet the majority of stuff happens outside of our control. And there's no... So if I could interrupt for a moment there, I think you, you just made a very important point that pre-internet, the way people would market their apartments was these booklets in the grocery store. And then those booklets turned into the ILSs. Is that correct? Yes. And so that became... You also made a very good point about how apartment marketing is limited or has to consider fair housing, which in other markets you don't, other industries, you don't have to consider that. So it's very hard to do, we'll call it outbound for marketing you, um, because you have to be careful with, with, so therefore the perception, the thought process is it has to be inbound. And so therefore you have these ILSs that are, we'll just call them the, the ponds that renters are swimming in. And so we have to be almost submissive to them and because they have all the fish. Um, but I don't think that that's the case totally. And I, it, maybe that's a good segue is for a while, they've probably felt that they have all the fish in their pond. I've been really playing around with Google trends. I don't know if you ever play around with that. And it's interesting. Like, first of all, the search volume for generally, you know, apartments for rent is a lot higher, significantly higher than, you know, one bedroom or two bedroom when you get more specific. The higher quality is probably when it's the more specific, but the volume. But when you take both of those, whether it's one bedroom, two bedroom, or three bedroom rental or apartments for rent, and the search volume has definitely gone down. So either that tells me, I'd be curious your take on that. One, people are finding other ways to look for apartments. Two, the demand is down. So it could be they're still doing the same things, just overall demand is down. But I'd be curious to hear your take on that. And then, yeah, I think that there has been this perception that people are locked into, like the ILSs have all the have all the fishes are in there, all the fish are in their ponds. And I think that there are other ways to to find those fish, and they're actually not all in the ILS pond. Yeah, I definitely agree, and, and I think it's the consumer that has really pushed that. Um, they've gotten more savvy. They're not going to just do a search, click on the first link and submit a lead and tour and lease. Like that's, those days are long gone. Right. And people have become savvy internet users. They're going to, they'll do some searches. They're going to click around on multiple websites. They're going to read reviews. They're going to check out social 
pages. They're going to get word of mouth and ask friends. They're going to do a lot of these things before they ever submit a lead. And so, um, you know, the, the fish do swim through the ILS pond. They are there, but they are, they're in other places too. And so you don't have to only be in the ILS pond in order to get in front of your, your potential prospect. Um, you talk about inbound and outbound. One of the ways that uh, hotel brands have gotten around, um, you know, that idea that uh, it's hard, you have limited budgets at the location level. So at the hotel level or at the apartment level, budgets are limited. They get around that because they have like a national brand. So I can put, I can do wide marketing across an entire metro area for Courtyard Marriott because there's eight Courtyard Marriott's that all share the same brand. They share the same website and that kind of stuff. Um, and, but within multifamily, we are very fragmented. So each individual apartment community typically has its own brand, its own website, especially when you talk to third party. And REITs are uh, a very, very small percentage of apartment communities. So it's like, you know, it's, it's very, very small. The majority, vast majority um, are independently owned and maybe operated by a third-party management company. And so they've all got their own brand and, and they all have a, a limited budget. So they can't do that outbound, which is like, you know, uh, kind of the shotgun approach. Um, but even that has been changing. I think that, you know, the, the shift is that with more and more things becoming digital, we can start to, um, you know, uh, really get in front of people in, in various ways. And so if I'm a multifamily marketer these days working third party, I'm looking at the whole the whole funnel now. Um, search and ILSs are towards the bottom, but there's a whole piece. There's, you know, the um, branding and awareness. There's uh, kind of the, the findability, the, the reviews. There's all of these components that if you stack the higher part of the funnel, and you make sure that you have a good listing, your local listing with uh, uh, Google My Business, that you may not need ILS listings, um, especially if you're, you know, depending on the type of property that you are. I've talked to plenty of my clients these days that are shifting whole swaths of budget away from ILSs and into other marketing pieces. And that was not in the conversation five years ago. Five years ago, there was nobody saying that they're pulling budget from ILSs and putting it more into some of these other areas. So real, yeah, I, I think there's a real appetite for that. And part of it is out of necessity, meaning how could we do something? We need a, we need a rents are not growing the way they, they were before. And so we have to be more mindful of our expenses. And so yeah. we look at what can we can control. And so if we could find a way to get leads and spend less on marketing, the better. And the ILSs typically are, you know, a subscription model and you're, you're locked in and their business also, and they want to make more money and, and they're raising rates. So that will just continue to, to climb. And at some point you would think there could be some sort of breaking point, but you know, I think it's very interesting. I don't know if there are people who do this, but I, I was speaking to a, an owner operator in Portland and they have a lot of small properties. They have their almost their own ILS where they have a website. They have like, 30 properties. And so it's a landing page and it's all their properties. 
that market because there's a lot of overlap where you might be interested. They could have several properties in a certain area. And I uh, actually was in New York this weekend and, and on the, on the New Jersey Turnpike, there's this big building that has best, uh, NewJerseyRent.com. And I don't know how popular that listing site is, but it's independent. It's a local. Like I wonder if there's like a real space for, you know, local markets to create their own, or I mean, also if if a company has a big enough presence within a spurt market, creating their own listings uh, and driving traffic there. But I think that there's there's it's it's a real it's a game of cat and mouse and and driving traffic and where people are. And and I think that you're right. There not only is there an appetite, but there's a way to do it in a more cost effectively. Now we're not trying to throw ILSs under the bus. They play a role in our industry and each person, but I, there, this is definitely a theme that I'm hearing. I've heard companies who are completely cut off from ILSs and, and definitely the, the, the sentiment is people are looking to reduce. Yeah. And I think ILSs are for their, to, to give them a lot of credit, they're trying to change in ways to, to make it more appealing. Um, you know, so, you know, I never want to throw anybody under the bus, but I do think it's a good conversation to have. And um, we try to be really flexible in my own, uh, in uh, our apartment geofencing for that exact reason. So people can move packages up and down, pause. Like if you're at 98% occupied, like you don't need, you know, you don't need marketing. <laughs> you know, you will, if you're trending, you know, if you start to see your 60, 90 day trending down 97, 96, 95, right. Then yes, like, you know, turn it back on. Um, uh, when there was a time at Bazudo where I, I tried as, as hard as I could to get all of our marketing on our 60 day occupancy. So everything had a trigger. Um, I wanted to spend X amount if my 60 day was this. I wanted to spend zero if it was this. And so that I was always ahead of the game. And it was very difficult because in our industry, for whatever reason, um, most people are set up to be annual contracts. So ILSs and, and even like the paid, even though paid search, you can turn on and off, you know, the, the suppliers in the industry, you know, are like, well, you know, this is the monthly budget. It has to be. Um, so I would say for anybody out there who's putting together a, um, a service as a supplier for our industry, be flexible. I can't tell you how many of my clients have told me over the years that they love that, uh, that's a, a piece of what we do. Uh, that's why we kind of continue to do it. Um, I think it's really smart. And I think I, my two cents and you could offer yours is, you know, people created, hopefully everybody has done their budget already for 2024, but I would create a budget that's flat each month. And then what we did this past year is we review it once a month and be like, Hey, this month we could tone it down a little bit. So then you could redo your budgets the following year. But I, I think that you, you create it flat. And I think most people do this. They create a flat budget for the whole year. And then I think that if you're reviewing each month and say, Hey, where's it? Where's a month where we can reduce our ad spend on, on Google or somewhere else. And, and then you could go back to that, that line. But I think it's very hard to budget with, I mean, it could replicate your, what your occupancy is, but I think that's a good place to, to start. Like this is what you budgeted and you have this mindset of, Hey, where are there opportunities where we could reduce? And I would say this, if your occupancy is really high, reduce in paid search in ILSs because there's no brand value there, right? Like if you can't, if you only got a couple, three bedrooms, most people want that are left to rent most, you know, all of your, your, your ones that are kind of quick to turn, 
aren't available, uh, stop at the paid search and ILS is because there's, you know, that money that you're spending is lethally. It, there's no, uh, it's not creating any recollection for the prospect that, you know, uh, is going to be used when their lease comes up. Um, it's like people are looking right now and instead shift that towards what I would put in the, in the branding and awareness piece of it, which is geofence what we do, but it's also paid social, uh, YouTube, uh, video ads, uh, retargeting, just trying to get in front of people that may, you know, been to your website that haven't, um, haven't signed a, a leader lease and, um, start to create that, uh, the value of people knowing who you, who your apartment is and your brand. Um, and that kind of gets to what you were saying about the, um, you know, when you have, uh, lots of properties in one area, right? And you should it be a shared pool of resources or should it still be individual? So at, uh, when I was at Pizzuto, third party managed, um, uh, a lot of the clients there, so we had, you know, Pizzuto.com and all of the properties are there and there's regional landing pages and stuff like that. But a lot of owners don't like the idea that their money for their apartment community is going to be used to drive traffic to a regional landing page where there are other apartment communities to rent that are not theirs, right? Like they, even though they're managed by Vizudo, they see them as a competitor in some way. Um, so in the most cases, we still had to, we had to have a separate apartment website with a separate budget and drive traffic directly to that apartment website. Um, and I always thought, man, this would be so, so much more efficient uh, if we had a landing page with all of the properties listed and everything. Um, so when I uh, went to Avalon Bay, that's exactly what I got. I got a, a, a brand that likes you know, their strategy at Avalon Bay is to have a, a, a couple of cities and have saturation in that city. So instead of having buildings kind of spread out, they'll pick markets like DC or you know, LA, and they'll try to get saturation in that market. And so they can share resources and have all that stuff. Um, and so we would typically use regional landing pages uh, for, you know, Avalon Bay. People would do a search or, you know, we would do all of our SEO and blogs to kind of go to these uh, regional landing pages and then allow people to filter to the, you know, the Avalon property that's you know on that list. And what I found when I looked at the data um, having been on kind of both sides is that in aggregate, it was more effective and more successful to do it the way Bazudo was doing. Um, it was more work, but there was a listing, there was a regional landing page on Bazudo.com, but it was the apartment listing there. There was also an apartment website and they had separate, Bazudo had a budget, the apartment had a budget. We're kind of doing all. And when you add that all together, for the same amount of money, it was more eyeballs and more, um, uh, you know, results than what we were doing at, at Avalon Bay. And here's why, I think. I think that makes uh, a lot of sense. And I think you alluded earlier that there's an advantage as an owner-operator 
that you don't have that. You don't have clients telling you we don't want that. I think at the same time, right? So you, the whole company is the client. So all the properties are the uh, the same ownership group and therefore there should be no friction or resistance to that. When you're third party and you have multiple owners, there could be that. But I, I think that that could be a competitive advantage and the appeal of using one of these big brand third party management companies is, is if they build a brand and they have a reputation, they can create their own pool of potential renters because people, you know, they have that ability and, and, and their clients and owners would have to make that choice. But I think that that, that, like you said, that that's a way of actually reducing expense by spreading it out more. I think that that, that can be a very big competitive advantage for some of these third party management groups. I think that's a, it's a great point. So as we wrap up here, I think it could be a whole episode on the story of how you started your company. Um, but I, I want to finish with two questions. One question is I, you're a growing company and you've done a lot of hiring. What would be your advice? You've seen good and bad, but people who are coming for interviews and, and through that process. So what would be your advice for someone who's going to get a job in interviewing? What stands out to you? What is, is what, what are red flags? And the second question is, is you deal with a lot of marketers. What stands out as, as, a quality marketer in our industry would be your advice to somebody as a marketer in the industry. And, and what are the things, the red flags you've seen? I'd say in the interview process, the most effective thing we've done is we added a question that said, Hey, go to our website, please review our core values and pick one and tell us how you live that out either in your business or personal life. And it's as an employer, it's been great because the majority of people don't do it. And so I can immediately just move the resume off and then some, you could tell, didn't even go to the website, but the people who did go to the website actually reviewed the core values and then say something that meaningfully connects it immediately stands out. And so if you are applying somewhere, and I know that there's, you know, it takes a lot of time to send a lot of applications, but if it's a place you really want to work, take time to go to their website, look at their core values, like, and then add something into your application process that connects the two because it does stand out. It really does. Um, um, if I could just on, on that, so I don't do interviews anymore, but I used to for leasing and, and I would give them this exercise. I did it after the interview. I would ask them to call a prop mystery shop, any property they wanted to, didn't matter, but then send me an email, tell me what property they called and then to give a rating, you know, one through 10 of how the leasing agent did on the phone and then explain why they gave that rating. And it was fascinating to me that, you know, it was so telling of who would, and, and some people I've posted about this on LinkedIn and people got upset. Like, why are you giving them homework to do? And I was like, it's, I take hiring seriously. Like this is, this is a future, a property manager at our company. So why shouldn't I take it seriously? And, and if you're not willing to take five minutes to do this and take pride in the work that you do for that five minutes, that tells me a lot. Um, so I, I like that a lot. Like, is a person willing to go look and you're, you're looking to hire them or you're giving them a, a honest silver platter of, of how to look good. And it says everything if a person takes you up on that and doesn't on the, on the flip side of that, I have, I've had interviews where people come in and they did their research and they're trying to like throw that out there. And it, they, they, it was a disaster. So yes, if you're going to do your research and you're going to show it off, make sure that you do that effectively and you're not looking as though you just kind of like read some headlines and, and you're throwing it out there to try to impress because that is very unimpressive. Okay. So then you deal with a lot of marketers. What, what are things that stick out in terms of what are good marketers and red flags? I would say the number one underlying attribute that will make you a successful marketer multifamily is curiosity. 
Why is this data showing? I didn't tell you to say that or pay you to say that. <laughs> uh, if I'm a if I'm an owner or an asset manager, I want to know that the marketing manager who's in charge of this is questioning the data because there's data everywhere. There's so much data, so much data, right? And I want somebody to come in and, you know, I'm sitting at, you know, a 92% projected occupancy. I want them to, I want to know that they looked at the dashboards and, and they're not just handing me the dashboards that they said, what is this? Why is this? And they're trying to make it better. Like that's, that's what I would, I would feel better. I would feel good walking out of that meeting. Because, okay, I got somebody on my side. They're asking questions for me. I, I, yeah, perfect. I couldn't agree more. I, and, I, and it's not limited marketing. I think it's, it's for, for any position. You're a property manager. You're leasing. You're an asset manager. You, you want to be curious. You, you don't want to be just going through the motions and status quo. You want to be like, hey, can we get better? Is this really true? Is there a better way? Is this really right? Is our philosophy on that? Like, what is our philosophy on that? Um, it's it's what I've leaned into, and and it's 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 unending when you are really curious. And uh, thank you. Uh, that was that was a great way to end this, and I uh, appreciate your time. Yours as well. Thank you so much.